I see ya. You do? Yep. All right. Let's go. Welcome. Welcome to the real football fans of New Jersey. Here we are. Here we are. Quarantine edition. Still quarantine edition. But we are on episode 107. It is April 16th, 2020. Quarantine. You know the drill. We're here for you. So, but thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. Joining us on the podcast. We are super excited to be with you week after week. We know times are weird, but we're again super excited to be with you. You know, keeping that normal, normalcy somewhere. Keeping it normal yeah, yeah, somewhere. Yeah. All right, so why don't we go ahead and get into things. So week after week, we are polling you guys on our Instagram account. So we gave you three questions this week. These questions were, which team do you think is more likely to move out of their draft spot? The number three pick, the Detroit Lions, or the number four pick, the New York Giants? Do you think Justin Herbert, Hubert, Hubert, QB out of Oregon, will be a good NFL quarterback? And would you like to see Andy Cohen keep watch what happen watch what happens live from home <laughs> um, in some aspect of that remote aspect um, after social distancing is over? So we asked you guys those four questions. Let's give you the results. So for the first one, so which team, the D Detroit Lions or the New York Giants, you think will drop out of that pick? Um, 60% of you said at the number three pick, the Detroit Lions will be the most likely one to move out of that spot. What did you say? I think we both said the Lions, correct? I did, yes. Yeah. Um, I just think, I think both teams are in a good, in a very good position and should highly consider it if they can offer because I think these two teams can essentially yeah. go back, um, you know, a pick, two picks, three picks, and still fortunately get the guy that they're looking at. I think the teams that are going to come up and possibly take their place are obviously quarterback needy teams that want to yeah. get their guy. So I just think um, with Detroit being number three, I think it, it's very possible we see te a team like Miami um, at number five try to get up and and possibly maybe that's take the two one. Up. Yeah, I'm consistent. Yeah, like that's a that's a very popular um, thought there. So and and I know the Giants don't. I feel like Dave Gettleman doesn't love to trade down. Um, but again, he should definitely consider it if it's offered, but I think it's more so likely that it's going to happen with Detroit at the three pick. Absolutely. I a hundred percent agree with everything you just said. So moving on to our second question, quite the controversial one. And definitely because, yeah. you know, before, you know, the show and everything, I know you have a strong opinion about this. Mm -hmm. um, but do you think Justin Herbert, who is a quarterback out of Oregon, will be a good NFL quarterback? And the results are in 58% of you said no. So I know you said no. So why don't yeah. you go ahead and tell us why. Um, so Justin Herbert, uh, he's definitely an attractive, um, prospect because he is a guy that can run. He's a dual threat. Um, he's got a good strong arm behind him, but you know, when you just have a vibe about a certain guy that he's just not going to translate over to the NFL, these are the vibes that I'm getting from, um, Justin Herbert. And I feel as though, you know, you've got two guys who I think are going to go ahead of him in Joe Burrow and Tua Tagovailoa, who I just, 
I think they had better um, college careers. I think they're going to have better NFL careers. And I think those two guys are going to be off the board. And then teams that are just desperate for a quarterback are just going to say, hey, let's go with Justin Herbert. But I don't think – and he could very well go at like five or six. And I just think in another year, in another draft – um, I, I don't necessarily see him going that high. I, I don't. I don't view him as that strong of a potential NFL quarterback. So I think you have great points. Um, to be completely transparent, completely honest, I had to dig in a little bit on this kid and really fully understand him. Um, one of my main takeaways, though, is that you know. I say this constantly, you know, it's the year of the QB. And mm-hmm. it's the year of the QB, not only with what's going on free agency with our veteran quarterbacks out right now, there are some very, very attractive prospects in the NFL draft. Yeah. I think Joe Burrow, no discussion. He's off the board. Let's completely put him away. Yeah. Let's look at Tua Tagovailoa, though, where a lot of reports are coming out recently where people aren't as confident as they were months back with and i think that just has to, has to do with health and absolutely and that's, not and that's exactly it yeah. but a lot of stuff that i read today in regards to justin herbert is that they think he will replace Tua's position in the draft if by next week coaches met everything they're not satisfied with what they're getting from Tua, what they're getting from his doctors and everything yeah, so that yeah. is why i think if you're actually going to Come to us and tell us that Justin Herbert's the next guy next to Tua, Tua Tagovailoa, like my guy, like I know what he can do, then I believe that he does have the potential to be a good NFL quarterback. So that is why I said yes. Yeah, I got to say, I just feel like year after year, like when we look at each NFL draft and we look at the quarterbacks that are drafted in each one, I feel as though teams, it's very rare to hit on a quarterback nowadays. It's very rare to get a good solid, oh, cool, I'm getting a Joe Burrow. He's going to be my franchise quarterback for the next 10 to 15 Mm -hmm. years. It's really hard to do so. So to me, it's like you might only get like two maybe three guys that are going to pan out. And I just kind of, I again, I like Joe Burrow and I like Tua better than I like Justin Herbert. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on to our final question. So do we want to see Andy Cohen turn <laughs> watch what happens live into, you know, when we're done with social distancing? Do you want that remote aspect? The- yeah. Have his eye from home. Um, <laughs> moving forward, so fifty-eight percent of you said yes, and I honestly, like, I, I think that is great. I know um, our friend Chloe had messaged me, and she was like, "No, like take me back to the clubhouse," and I was like, "You know what? I get it. I really do. Like, there's no better atmosphere than the watch what happens live. Yeah, there is no better vibe from that. But I." I've been definitely agreeing with you. Like I've been catching them a lot on repeat and a lot of like recaps on Instagram. The Uh vibe is so cool from being in people's homes. Like it's just very, it's not that the show is scripted. Obviously they're following like a produced thing. I feel like it's kind of off the books, off the record. Like I just love it. That's what I like about it too. I'm actually surprised that we didn't get a higher response on our votes of people saying yes. And because last last week I did say, I don't want it completely. I just want it in some form. I think once a week on a Friday where it's like, hey guys, it's Friday, it's the weekend. We're gonna, you know, do this show in our pajamas from our houses. Uh, I, I like a snow day, don't cancel and, the show, just make it remote. Like, yeah, and I love, I love the vibe too, because, you know, 
for example, I, I caught an episode the other day with um, with Sonia on it. And obviously, like, Sonia was at home and she's just kind of, like, in her, like, gym wear, active wear, yeah. like, hair, like, in a ponytail, like, just kind of chilling, got her big glasses on. Rather than if she was in the clubhouse, she'd be all decked out to the, yeah. to the nines, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it just... I love how real it feels. And that's like, that's, for example, I said it last week, that's why we love the housewives. That's why we love these shows because we want to see them in their natural habitat. Yeah. You know I mean? It's just like really raw and like organic. Like you just yeah. get like a lot of like good stuff. And like I said, like it's not, yes, of course it's a scripted show. It's a produced show, but watch what happens live is one of the most like cheekiest shows out there right now. Like a lot happens on that show. Yeah. But when you put it into this kind of like remote like universe, like it gets a little bit more cheeky and a little bit more good. So I think we're getting like a lot more from it. So I agree. Definitely just incorporate some of it. Maybe on the show, like when it's not fully remote, bring someone in on video camera, bring someone in on Skype. Let's see someone from home compared to someone who's dolled up in the, like, you know, the guest for that night. So right. I think there's definitely ways. Unfortunately, he did not see my Instagram story. I tagged him in it. So maybe we got to get there somehow. We're, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Alrighty. So just one other quick note. Um, unfortunately, yeah. it's not a good one. Um, so we just want to say uh, rest in peace to um, former NFL quarterback. Oops, sorry, my thing is going on. Uh, Tavares Jackson. So it's a very well-known name. I know when I saw it got tweeted out right away, I just, like, it was one of those, like, holy, like, shit. Um, so, unfortunately, he died in a car crash um, in Alabama on Sunday night. So he was only 36 years old, which is just in insanely young. Um, he was the current quarterback coach at Tennessee uh, State University, um, was a second round pick by Minnesota in 2006 and played for Minnesota, Seattle and Buffalo, um, earned a Super Bowl ring with Seattle as a backup. I was just about to say his most known team was the Seattle Seahawks for yeah. that reason. But honestly, just like beyond super sad, but I, it just. It does show though, like a lot of stuff is still going on and like the real world is still happening outside of like all this nonsense, like with coronavirus, like real things are still happening. And it's just, it's really sad. Like I just like, when I woke up and saw that on Twitter, I was just like, like literally shit. Like, yeah. and it was a car crash, but again, it's still going to be affected by coronavirus as far as mourning him. I did see something just before we popped on here. I think they're going to be doing a funeral service, but it's going to be, um, done in shifts so people can, you know, just a few people at a time able to pay their respects. I know that he, he leaves behind three young kids and a wife and, um, you know, again, this was a name that I was, uh, when I saw it, I was, I was definitely very upset to see it and, uh, definitely, definitely hit hard. And he, uh, actually he did win that Super Bowl ring with Seattle as a backup, but he did have one full season, um, starting at quarterback for Seattle. And so he was, he was a great, like he, he didn't shine so, so much as a starter, but he was certainly a wonderful backup. To oh, absolutely. Because he had that starting experience. So yeah. He, he had a he had a nice career and and I liked I didn't know that he was still involved with football as a quarterback coach in college. Um, that was really wonderful. And just our thoughts are with his family because that was definitely a devastating thing to hear. Yeah, so just rest in peace. Honestly, never, never good news to report on, um, but is is the news in the current current times. Yeah. 
Yep. <clears throat> All right. So let's get into our big stories of the week in football. Um, I know we've de definitely been giving you a lot of coronavirus updates in the world of housewives. For the news. And coronavirus. Unfortunately, a lot of housewives, Bravo Lebs that we've been reporting on um, dealing with the coronavirus. But you know, now we're, we're bringing it to the world of football. So obviously football is one of the only sports that hasn't been as greatly affected as a lot of the other sports leagues have. But it was reported yesterday that the NFL is discussing potentially shortening the season due to COVID-19. Um, but it's also possible that, um, you know, they go forth with the, with the season, which is still the game plan for now. Um, but that they would close off stadiums entirely for fans or only allow a certain percentage of the stadium to be filled. I know I told you um, that I was discussing this with my husband last night being like, you know what, like, I know that the season's still going to be happening, but like, I don't think they're going to allow fans into the stadium. And then we further discussed the fact that it might just be like, okay, we'll allow this amount of fans in this section and this amount of fans in that section. It might be either nothing or just extremely dispersed. Either way, like, I mean, things aren't looking good. And NFL's not going to make that announcement that anything's going to happen to the season until they are their hand is literally forced. Yeah. But they are preparing themselves, obviously, for all kinds of scenarios. Um, and then it was also announced yesterday that Los Angeles Rams center Brian Allen became the first known NFL player to test positive for COVID-19. Obviously, we know Sean Payton um, tested positive. He is an NFL coach. This is the first player that we're hearing about. Um, and he actually tested positive three weeks ago. And then again, he took another test early uh, last week and still tested positive. He, his first set of symptoms was that he lost his taste and he lost his smell. Um, it's becoming I more common. Yeah. That's, yes, that's gotta be really scary. I know that he lost his sense of smell like so hardcore. He literally could not, like something that would be so strong to a regular yeah. note, he couldn't smell at all. Um, then he started experiencing flu-like symptoms, but the good news, good news is, and I love hearing about these stories, when they're feeling better and doing better, he is, feeling much better and he um i believe was going to be taking a test again um either today or tomorrow and he does expect that he's going to be fully cleared of it so yeah hey listen i hope he is fully clear with it just on that story though like i just have like a bone to pick like yeah so what i don't really agree with and there's actually a lot of people like online that didn't really agree with it either um you know license plate guy being one of them so Jay Glazer like came out like yes. early yesterday and he was like, I have breaking breaking news for you guys. Right. I'll announce it soon, all this stuff. And we were just waiting, waiting. And he was like, it has nothing to do with free agency. It has nothing to do with whatever. And then he comes out and like says this. And it's like, honestly, like I get his job. Like I understand what he does. Like he talks about injuries. He talks about like the, you know, are they going to play today? Are they going to sit? How long are they going to be out for? Like, dude, like this is like coronavirus. Like it has nothing to do with football. Like I get your job. I get like your role in the NFL. But like yeah. in my opinion, it was just not okay. And a lot of people are out online are saying the same thing. Like it was just like it was like a clickbait tweet, pretty much. Like like wait, making waiting, 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 waiting to watch his show. And it's just like, it's frustrating. Like, I just don't think like, and this is like, an, like, I don't know. I just, I didn't really agree with it. He could have announced it. Yeah. He didn't have to like do it that way. Yeah. You know? 
I, I totally, and I know, I, I read about that as well, that he was getting a lot of backlash about it. Um, kind of saying, like, the fact that he kept teasing it all day long, like, just to get people to, like, watch him when he did make that announcement, people felt like it, it wasn't in the best taste. And, and yeah, I told totally- coronavirus. Like, what if he dies? Like, you're going to yeah. look like an idiot. Yeah. Good, so. Yeah, so he definitely got a lot of heat for that, and understandably. Yeah. So. No, but honestly, like, listen, it's he is getting better. Like, that's always the yeah. plus. Um, it seems that a lot of the stories that we've heard, like, once people are turning that corner and starting to feel better, they, they come out on top. So I haven't really heard a lot of, like, relapse stories. I'm not a doctor, but, like, I we've been hearing a lot of, like, I started to feel better a couple days later. Bing, yeah. bang, boom. We're good. So yeah. hopefully that next test comes back negative. Yeah, hopefully. All righty. Well, let's get into our NFL draft quick hot topics of the week. Yes. All righty. So on Monday, Cincinnati head coach Zach Taylor told Dan Patrick, oh, sorry, the Dan Patrick show, um, that he doesn't see a scenario where Cincinnati trades the number one pick. I know that's just, that's like the rumor of the, it's like when NFL fans get bored, they're like, let's stir up all these rumors. Like before Tom Brady went to the Bucks, it was like the Tom Brady rumor train. Now right. it's all about like, what is Cincinnati going to do at one? They're taking Joe Burrow. Yeah, so, nobody, nobody actually buys into that. Come on. The number one pick. Um, assumption is they will take quarterback Joe Burrow. Um, but Miami has been rumored to be very interested in that number one pick. I don't know what they can offer for them to give up that number one pick, to be honest. But also heavy assumption around the league that Atlanta will trade up from number 16. That is a rumor in itself. Like, I'm sorry. That yeah. is. Well, no. So I don't know um, specifically, you know, I, I don't pay too much attention necessarily to the Atlanta Falcons. So I don't really know what positions the team needs or who, what positions they're targeting. I don't know what players they have in mind that they want to come come up from that 16 spot. But apparently this is like a not well-kept secret amongst the league. Like all teams are literally preparing themselves and understanding like, okay, this is a thing that's going to happen. Atlanta's trading up to up from 16. So apparently that's not a well-kept secret right now, whether it actually happens or not, who knows? I mean, certainly you try to tip people sometimes the wrong way. Oh, we're going to, we're going to trade up. We're going to trade up. And then you don't. So I don't know if you try to trick people or whatever, but you know, apparently, apparently that's the thing. I don't, I don't know who they're specifically looking for that. It's like, it's definitely happening, but yeah. I don't I feel like that's something that I would have to like, that's one of like those draft things and like mock drafts. Like I know like you're very well, like much into yeah. the mock drafts. Like to me, they drive me up the damn wall. Like, cause there's yeah. a gazillion different ones, but that's one of those scenarios to me that seems like, no, like that would never happen. But with you just saying that, that it's like a kind of a well-known thing, like it's mind-boggling to me. Um, But we do have a quote from uh, Zach Taylor. Yes. Um, Here it is. If there's a guy there that you believe believe in that can really change the franchise over the next 10 to 15 years, then that's a hard thing to pass up on. Sounds very similar to uh, the Giants and Daniel Jones commentary afterwards. Um, you know, people, uh, you know, people all the time ask me, what would it take to give up that pick? And if there's someone there that people are willing to give up a lot for that they believe in, then, well, that really verifies what we think about those players as well. I think this is a very powerful quote. Again, I think it's a yeah. powerful 
coming prior to the draft. I had mentioned halfway through the comparison to the New York Giants and Daniel Jones. That statement from the Giants came after the draft. So they were almost like justifying their pick. Like when you see something. So I would have much rather heard that from the Giants way before the draft. (laughs) Like we knew there was interest, but it was kind of a shock factor that, you know, we took someone. But hey, listen, I think that is great. And I think for an organization like the Bengals, at this time, like, yeah, they need a lot of hope and a lot of belief. So to see a head coach, if they go in and pick a guy like Joe Burrow, listen, I can see that team turn it around. Like, that's a powerful quote. Yeah, um, I, I was totally going to agree with that sentiment. Just like, I love the way he phrased it because that's such a phenomenal way of looking at it. Like, if you're willing to give up so much to take Joe Burrow from us, that means you think he's just as good as we think he is, and we're yeah. not giving him up. And um, I, I am excited to see Joe Burrow, you know, probably, obviously, go to Cincinnati yeah. um, because he's in Ohio. He's from Ohio. He's going to be staying in his home state. I love that. He, he gave that really heartfelt Heisman Trophy speech about what it was like growing up in Ohio and in a in a rough neighborhood and and really shedding light. And I think that would be huge for him to go and and use his platform as the quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals to do great things in that state. Um, And I think, you know, obviously that's a division where the Baltimore Ravens are obviously a really strong team right now. But I think, you know, you've got a team like the Steelers. I think they're trending downwards. And I don't really have that that much hope in the Cleveland Browns. More so, I don't have hope in Baker Mayfield. And I think that's going to be really interesting to finally, like, you know, maybe bring in Joe Burrow and see how he shakes things up in that division. I, I'm really looking forward. Yeah, I think this is a kid who not only is going to go number one, but I think he's going to be, as long as he gets the time to practice with his new teammates, because that will all be dependent on how everything goes with the coronavirus. But if he gets the proper amount of time to take reps and, and, and practice with his teammates, this is a kid who should be starting week one, and I'm very excited Absolutely. to see it. Yeah, and even if, obviously, they're not going to turn things around, like, in a blink of an eye, but he's just one of those players. We talk about this all the time, that the players that you just enjoy to watch. Listen, he played for LSU, one of Alabama's biggest rivals. I still loved watching the kid play. Yeah. I didn't love LSU beating (laughs) Alabama, but I thoroughly enjoyed watching him because he is just, like, it's, He's one in a million. He simply when, is. When uh, somebody when somebody like that beats you, it, it's it sucks to lose. Yeah. If you're gonna lose to anybody, lose to somebody like Joe Burrow. And that was definitely my pay. commentary this past season too, because a lot of people would ask, like, "Are you mad? Like, are you pissed?" And I was like, honestly, like that team is like smoking right now, and that kid is like, again, like he's one in a million. Like Joe Burrow is literally. Just, I don't even know what the right word is for him. So even if they do, the Bengals do suck again this year, like I'm just excited to watch the kid play. Me too, for sure. All right, number two for our quick topics here. According to Ian Rappaport, quarterback Jake Fromm is buzzing, buzzing, because of his interviews with prospective teams. So keep in mind here too that a lot of these are on the phone, they're on Skype, things like that and has become a favorite of quarterback coaches around the league. Um, Rappaport has also said that he has not talked to one team that doesn't have Joe Burrow at number one. 
Um, and that QB Jordan Love is the true wild card. Could yeah. be a pick between five and twenty-five. Oh, um, for sure. What? Uh, yeah, for sure. Jordan Love. I mean, I've seen him. Oh. You know, as as high as like number number six to like the Chargers. I've seen him at number twenty-three to the Patriots. I've seen him at number twenty-four to the Saints. You're I mean, the QB. He's, I've seen him in the middle of the pack to like the Raiders or to the Jaguars. He's, he's all over that first round. Yeah. I mean, he should be a first round selection. Um, but who the heck, I don't know. Like, I almost feel like, you know, when I heard New Orleans, I was like, nah, I don't know. But like, it honestly might be, he's a wild card player. It might be a wild card team that you're just totally not expecting to go after him. Yeah. That does. And that might be what works out. Like it, like I think that scenario actually is a proper one. So a yeah. wild card pick, a wild card player, and right. three years from now, it ends up being the best pick that that team has ever made for them. Um, right. But listen, I'm not listen. I, no surprise here that Jake Fromm is buzzing from his yeah. interviews. I mean, if you ever heard the kid talk, have you ever seen him yeah. like What's not really to to like about the kid, like so I, I, I love hearing about Jake from um, because I was I was introduced to Jake from um, on that Netflix documentary series Beyond the Lights or oh, yeah, whatever yeah. it's called. Um, it's a football documentary, and they always uh, take about three uh, college prospects in their senior year of high school who are who are big time and going to big time schools, and they follow them during their senior year of high school football. And so Jake Fromm was featured on that show, which is where I really got to learn about him. Yeah. And he is, okay, if I'm going to say two things about the kid, number one, I, I don't know if anybody on this pl on planet Earth is more competitive than yeah. Jake Fromm. I mean, they had a scene on that show where he was playing ping pong against his brother and he was like breaking the, breaking the paddle. Like he was, I've never seen someone so competitive. So that's a wonderful attribute. Mm -hmm. um, and then number two, he's just a great leader. Like he's very positive. Yeah. He brings up his teammates. He's very vocal. I know um, a knock people have had on Justin Herbert is that he he's a good leader, but he's kind of quiet. Yeah. And Jake Fromm is kind of the opposite. He kind of like gets his gets his teammates going. Well, that um, was the appeal of Baker Mayfield. Like I know he right. hasn't really showed up play wise, but the appeal of him at Oklahoma was that he was such a leader. Like right. he was on the sideline, like real. Like that was, and to me, like I don't like him as a person. I'm not a huge fan of his right now. But I did appreciate him in college because you saw it. You can just see it. You could feel it through your yeah. TV. So that like that aspect, that attribute of someone is super attractive and that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and then as far as where he might go in the draft, um, I think the earliest he goes is in the second round. I am more so expecting him to go into the third round. And let me just uh, put this out into the universe right now. I think it's very possible that New England doesn't go after Jordan Love in the first round and actually goes after Jake Fromm in the third. That's that's my prediction. Bill Belichick's probably texting this kid every night. I don't know if the rules <laughs> are if you're allowed to do that, but listen, he sees that competitive drive, he's probably already sliding yeah. into his DMs. Yeah, yeah. So Jake Fromm's definitely an interesting prospect for sure. 
Alrighty, and some other QB news. Um, this one is obviously super interesting for me. Green Bay and the Los Angeles Chargers have both had virtual meetings with quarterback Jalen Hurts. So NFL analyst Daniel Jeremiah currently has Hurts, excuse me, Hurts ranked as his 50 overall, 50th overall prospect. Right. Um, has been predicted in mock drafts going in the second or the third round um yeah i mean no surprise here i'm surprised with the team choices i'm not like we we said jalen hurts would go later um i think when he entered the draft i was a little bit more like well he's like that later on like i'm you know me i love jalen right, right he's my boy um but like i just i i understand now like year of the qb let's look at everyone caitlin let's really understand all the quarterbacks yes falls back a little bit and listen a third round QB though at the, with these kind of people that's not bad at all um yeah. I'm just a little green like a green bay in my opinion well, like no here I'm more surprised by the Chargers because I do really believe the Chargers are going to take a quarterback at, at the number six overall pick um so I was surprised by the Chargers I'm not so surprised by Green Bay Aaron Rodgers I mean he is getting older and it would make sense yeah. like there, Green Bay is certainly not going to take a quarterback in the first round, but when you have a guy like Jake Fromm or like Jalen Hurts, who definitely have potential, but they look more like second or third rounders, mm -hmm. there's no pressure to play them right away. And they can sit yeah. behind Aaron Rodgers. Let's not forget Aaron Rodgers literally sat for like three seasons. So that's what I was talk. literally just about to ask you. Do you know the exact season amount that he sat I think it was three. Rodgers? Yeah. Which kind of seems yeah. crazy now, but um, I didn't for, know the for, exact amount. But for yeah. a guy like Aaron Rodgers yeah. being one of the best NFL quarterbacks that there is right now in all time, he sat on the bench for three. Mm -hmm. So, um, listen, I know how it feels for any of these prospects, quarterback or non-quarterback. You want to go in the first round. You want to go in and compete on day one. You, you want to be a starter in the NFL, right? And that yeah. sticks because the Jalen Hurts and Jake Fromm very much so big time competitors. Um, but what I would take a positive if you are going in the second or third round, it's a little less pressure filled. Like you, I do believe that guys like that will go to teams where they can sit and they can learn from somebody. And sometimes, honestly, that's the best scenario for these young quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. So. Listen, honestly, I agree. And, and I, and I yeah, listen, like I, I'm going to say, like, I get it because, like, I'm not being drafted in the NFL. But, like, I mean, like, I always go to that mindset. Like, if you got picked, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's amazing. Like, that's – and if you're in one of these first rounds, like, of course you're still competing. But you're really – the chances are you're going to make the team. You know what I mean? Like, it's not – you're not getting picked in the final round of the draft where it's you're right. still competing technically for a spot. Right. Um, and especially quarterback, like we go back to it. There's so many, like these kids too. If I was like, I mean, I guess that's where like the, the anxiety comes from is because look about all the veterans that are in the free agency right now for quarterback and like the movements that were shifting there. So that's probably why they were like, crap, like I need to be a potential first rounder because all of these guys that have been in the league for yeah. all these years are being shopped around. Like I need to be like valuable. So I understand the anxiety there, but like, listen, second, third round, like even like, as a quarterback and to go to a team like green Bay and, and sit just, you know, for a little bit, like it's not a bad, bad yeah. thing. 
Um, two two more teams that I want to mention, and and one other quarterback prospect, a guy like Jacob Eason is another yeah. guy who will probably go in the second or third and be in a scenario like that as well. Two teams uh, that I think could be drafting a quarterback again in the second or third um, that you want to watch out for is a team like the Indianapolis Colts. Um, yep. They only signed Philip Rivers to a one year deal, and I truly believe Philip Rivers could very potentially be done after this. Yeah upcoming yeah. season. And then also another team, uh, I've definitely seen Jalen Hurts go to this team a lot in in the third round in mock drafts is the Pittsburgh Steelers because Big Ben is going to be on his way out soonish as well too. Uh, I would die you know, if Jalen Hurts went to the freaking Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I do think that the Steelers and the Colts are more so in a scenario even over Green Bay where um, they have to look to the future. And, uh. So, I would hate it. Don't put that on my boy Jalen. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but just look out for the look out for those two teams. Yeah, definitely for sure. Good points. All right, let's get into our big stories of the week in the world of housewives. Um, we did mention last week. We're super excited about the uh, start of Real Housewives of New York. We are now two episodes in. Third episode is going to be airing tonight after our show. Um, and we definitely want to give a recap of, you know, kind of what we've seen over those first two episodes. So let's kick it off with episode one. Um, the episode just opens up right away to all of the different women being filmed and their reactions to finding out that Bethany is not coming back on the new season. Obviously, yeah. we spoke about this before um, our show tonight, how we understand some situations are like staged a little bit. And like this was clearly one of them. It was like, OK. We need to get all of your individual reactions to pretending like this yeah. is the first time you're hearing about it, right? Yeah. So it definitely had a very phony vibe. And that's how they opened the episode. Um, and it was so, like, dramatic, too. Like, you yeah. think, like, she died. Right. Um, so <laughs> you definitely have two kind of, you kind of have, like, two reactions. Like, a half of the ladies where it was more so, like, oh, my God, I, I can't believe this. Like, I, I'm, I'm shocked, like, and I'm sad. And then there was another reaction of, like, like almost like Luann was like, oh well, like we'll sure. go on without her. Like it'll be fine. Like yeah, we go on. I think she said that. I think those words came out of her mouth. And Luann has also come out in the press about this, saying like, I think this is going to be the best season of New York's that's ever been, and we don't need Bethany. She's been very out and vocal in the press, like saying things like that. Yeah. So um, a little side story that happened after episode one premiered was uh, Bethany's reaction to seeing this in episode one. And she did say it felt like a huge middle finger from Bravo that they like rolled this montage of all the women, like kind of saying like almost that they didn't care that I wasn't coming back or we were gonna be fine. They rolled um, all those clips of Bethany kind of being mean to Luann over the years or fighting with Luann. So it kind of made Bethany look bad. And then Bethany People came out. People have never done this before, I feel, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. addressing why a house, on all franchises, right. like all right. franchises, that, like, this one person's coming back. Like, I'll take a look. Like, I have to catch up on Beverly Hills, but I don't think they, they touched on Lisa Vanderpump not coming back this season. Yeah night so like i i know I it was a middle finger i agree with that 
was. It was. I agree. I agree. Um, especially because it was clearly a staged thing. And then, but then number two is Bethany said something that I was kind of like bummed that she said. Yes. Um, in regards to no longer being on Housewives and everything like that and, and what she saw in the episode, she was kind of like, I understand like shows do certain things like, and they're all about ratings and that's what they care about. And I get that, but you know, like, I just don't think it's good to like have a show where you're like not inspiring other people. So basically like, obviously Bethany is a very inspirational figure, everything right. she does with her Be Strong Foundation. And I guess that was like, a middle finger back being like, I was the only woman on the show, like inspiring other people. Yeah. And like, now that I'm not there, like this isn't good television. So yeah, it was definitely yeah. like, it was awkward. It was super awkward. It was and like, I saw like, you know, I didn't really like dive into it much, but it was like, obviously like all over like the tabloids, it was on page six and it was just talking about like how like Bravo and Bethany were like going back with each other. And it's like, Listen, like, there's already a void. Like, I don't want to see the drama without Bethany before. Like, it's like, I don't know. Like, they should have captured all of our reactions when we found out she wasn't oh coming back. That was true. That was yeah. real and raw. The raw emotions. On this podcast, I announced Bethany wasn't coming back. Like, yeah. I found out five minutes before I recorded that damn episode. Caitlin and I couldn't even be together till, like, I was literally in Thailand, and I woke up to a text message from Caitlin, like, completely shook, and Caitlin found out right before she had to do an episode all alone. So, <laughs> like, I was, like, crying. It was, like, literally someone, like, had died. Like, it's, like, yeah. I know I joked earlier and said, like, that's how the women were acting, but they were acting, like, in, like, a, they were acting. That's what it was. Yeah. Like, yeah. I like sincerely felt like she had died. Like that's yeah. how I was on that podcast that night. Right. Like I just, so that's what like, I didn't really appreciate because yeah. we all had natural reactions right. to it. What I saw on TV, like the opening, like that wasn't natural. That was just yeah. like, and I get it. It's reality TV. Like we know yeah. that, but like, come on. It was yeah, bad. if it's gonna be if it's gonna be that phony, I'd rather just leave it out and not even discuss it. Don't even it. do it. Like it was so stupid, but whatever. Um, other thing that the other things that happened in episode one, we obviously had uh, like the big event of the night that got all the women together. Dorinda hosted like an end of the summer party. Yeah, um, we've learned that Dorinda is still mad at Tinsley, feeling Which, like she had some arrangement with Scott, and feeling I totally like forgot Tinsley. they even had like. Yeah, so this is the issue of her feeling like Tinsley doesn't open up and share her life. And honestly, I swear to God, if this issue or fight continues for the rest of the season this is the dumbest fight it, i've it ever is. seen like dorinda i love you so much mm. but get the f over it who cares what she tells you or what she doesn't tell you maybe that's how i was feeling last season when it all happens because i don't think i realized it was that big of an issue or maybe there was other issues going on overpowering this so i agree if this is going to be the plot line the entire season oh. very similar to before when before carol left yeah. when her and bethany were that whole plot line that was just emotionally drained that i hated that season i hated that season because it was too yeah. much what's the point this, this one is horribly stupid and you know what i'm starting to feel like dorinda is just a big grudge holder because obviously you know yeah. when her and luann like got in that fight last season like they didn't speak to each other for months and months and months and it's kind of like i think dorinda especially with somebody who number one with everything that's going on right now in the world but number two is somebody who lost a husband yeah 
life is short, Dorinda. You need to like shoot, pick and choose whether a battle is really dumb and not worth it. And like, you can just move on from, because yeah. to me, this is one of them. Yeah. I mean, she touches on it. on like in the second episode and I know we'll get to the second episode, but like, I just, she like said, like, she's like, I just get so mad at people. And like nowadays, and like, I just, she's like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll touch on that in a little yeah. bit. Um, obviously we had that party and then, you know, the big, the big storyline, I guess the other big storyline in episode one is just meeting Leah, meeting the new cast member. Um, we got to see her interact with Tinsley, which is her connection to being on the season, becoming friends with Tinsley. Um, we got to see her interact with her daughter and then we got to see her meeting the other women. Um, yeah. nothing crazy, crazy happened in episode one with Leah definitely we see more craziness happen in episode two. Yeah. So in episode two, we are now in the Hamptons, which I love. You know, like I've been oh. saying, like I kind of miss like Hamptons episodes. Yeah. So um, Ramona invites all the women over to sleep over at her house. Um, and- She's so much know, anxiety as a host. Like she I shouldn't know. be hosting things. She's yeah. like all over the place. <laughs> no. um, so her house is beautiful, by the way. Um, oh. And- Ramona kind of goes forth in knowing what happened last time at Bluestone Manor with Luann getting upset about being in the fish room. So she takes it upon herself to like, really, okay, I need to go out of my way and make sure I'm giving Luann like the best in my house so yeah. she feels comfortable and we don't have this fish room incident again. So like she tells her, she's like, you're going to have your own bedroom. It's your own private bath. Um, it's away from all the other girls. Like, you're going to love it. It's really not magical to me. <laughs> right. So the, the women show up and Luann shows up and Ramona, Ramona shows her to her room, which is in the basement. Now, the basement has like a full, obviously, like living room type. It was like a house. Area. Yeah, it was like literally like she could rent that out as like a, like an apartment down like there. Home. Like literally. Yeah. It was bigger than my house. Like straight so up bigger than my house. It had her own living space. Obviously, it's a basement. There's like couches, a TV, everything like that. She has her own bedroom and then she has her own bath and it really looked great. And then obviously we get Luann complaining about it again, like really upset. I was like shocked <sighs> that she started complaining because they did the flashback to the fish room. Yeah. And the flashback gave me so much anxiety. I was like, I, I can't. It's she got such a bad rap for it. You thought that she wouldn't have said it. Even if she but was she upset, said she didn't want to be that traumatic. She oh. was like, oh, I don't want to do a repeat of that. She said that. Like, those were her words, that she didn't want to yeah. do a repeat of that. And then she, this little light turns on, and she's like, oh, time to be a bitch again about the room I get. How about you just are happy that all five of you women are rich as hell and have Hamptons houses and could just willingly invite each other over like you were in the Hamptons already because you own a house you drove your fancy car like seriously okay what? here's the here's the next memo for anybody that invites Luann to their home oh. to sleep over take oh. a picture of each bedroom write a full description of what is included in that bedroom send it to her like two weeks in advance and book which room she wants what kind of friendship is that that's insane in my opinion I'm the type of friend that sleeps with Floor, mainly because I don't like to sleep with other people. That's my yes. biggest tip. I'm like on the floor. I don't, you I'll sleep can. like outside if I, you know what I mean? But like, really? And like, you guys, like sleeping should be your last thing, like on yeah. your mind. You girls should be out drinking, getting dinner. Like, come on. 
Yeah, I totally agree. So that was absolutely bizarre. Um, that was the start of episode two. Now we learned, I guess we learned it in episode one. Yeah, that um, Leah has a tramp stamp tattoo. Yeah. Um, it's her name. She said she got it when she was like 16 and it's a tramp stamp and it says Leah. And she did, yeah. she did say that she's gonna cover it up. And yes, she does have a lot of tattoos, but it's not what you're thinking. They're very like small, like yeah. very, very small. Nothing is big. Nothing yeah. is like, whoa, that's a massive tattoo there. I don't think um, I realized it until she was like, here, I have one here. Her hands, I, I had no idea until she yeah. like put them on screen. Ew, for everyone who just saw, I gotta paint my nails. <laughs> They're they're very very small. They're nothing to like freak out over. So she did say she has this tramp stamp. She got it when she was sixteen, and she's getting it covered up. Um, news spreads like wildfire amongst the amongst the women that she has this tattoo, and all of a sudden, they decide to get very like uppity about it and be like, literally, Ramona quote said, "I don't talk to people who have tattoos." I just I couldn't believe this whole like scenario I was just like well first of all I realized that I would no longer fit in with my housewives no. like, my best friend so I have a tattoo so now I'm never going to fit in with these ladies I'm so yeah. upset that my idols in life are not going to like me or choose me as one but like also like seriously have you never met a person with a tattoo like you live in New York City even Tinsley, like Tinsley has a tattoo of her ex-husband's initials I know. And like she even said that. But I do have to admit, I love how Sonia was just so honest the whole time. She goes, Oh yeah, like I told her. Yeah, I called her up and I told her. Like she doesn't give a shit. I know. Like I, know. I love it. Cause it was like like that's how Leah was. She was like, How on earth does everyone know? And Sonia was like, Oh yeah, like as soon as we lie, I call I called them. Yeah. <laughs> but I just I love believe I could and this was amongst Sonia, Ramona, Dorinda, they were all like, uh, like nose up in the air, like, oh, you have tattoos? We don't speak to people who I have like tattoos. That. We would never, oh, could, could you imagine if Avery had a tattoo? Oh my, like. She probably does. It's, it's 2020. Like, it, I feel like it's more common when people do have tattoos than when they don't. Like, this was a very. Like a really fair statement. Like, I think like. Whenever, like, I bring up, like, because obviously mine's, like, hidden, like, underneath clothes. Yeah. Like, no one ever bats an eye when I'm in a bathing suit. Like, no, it's not, like, a thing. But, like, yeah. it's you're right. Like, when someone doesn't have one, you're like, oh, like, huh. And you're like, yeah. why? Why not? Right. <laughs> so this was, like, to me, one of the most bizarre, like, conversations. It was so, like, you said, like, your nose is up in the air. Like, it was the most uptight, like, disgusting Stop. conversation. Like, I've ever heard like ever like for what reason too like yeah it felt very like almost like oh at the country club we don't have tattoos like, yes, like literally like, most of the words out of their mouths like it was very bizarre so it's they gave wild. they gave poor Leah a lot of crap for having a tattoo and now Dorinda's all over her be honestly she keeps saying I don't want to be mean to Leah by association because I'm mad at Tinsley and she's Tinsley's friend. But that's yeah. kind of exactly what she was doing in that episode. Right. Um, so Dorinda did make a comment about um, Leah's tattoo. I thought it was funny. She's, she's like, hey, if anybody ever forgets your name while they're, you know, having S with you, like they just have to bend you over and they'll remember. I thought that was 
funny. And if you are the type of person that goes out and get a, gets a tramp stamp, you need to think that's funny too. Yeah. Because that's so, the counterpart of this. If you're a tattoo person, and I'm not calling myself a tattoo yeah. person just because I have one, right. you need to be able to take a lot of that shit. Like, yeah. so like that, in my opinion, I like cracked up when she said that. I thought that was hilarious. I would never, you can't take something offensive if you have a tramp stamp. So, so the reason why Leah did, um, obviously, was because she she felt as like, yeah, you can definitely take the route, like you said. The reason she did get upset is because she kind of felt like, I don't necessarily care that you would say something like that, but it's more so like I don't know you, like you don't know me, and this isn't something I told yeah. you. This is something you heard, and you threw it out like you can just say that to me when we're like complete strangers. That's really inappropriate. Yeah, I just so I, I, I honestly like, I would have said that hundred percent. That would have came out of my mouth. <laughs> so so then Leah says tell Sonia, you know, I thought it was weird that she said that. Sonia goes back to Dorinda, says Leah thought it was weird and then Dorinda continues to kind of be snippy towards Leah and Leah shows that she's not going to back down. Like, yeah. she really, she holds her own in the group. Which so is that's good. good. You have to do that. Yeah. Um, but I also hope, like, she does get to the stage where she really vibes with all of them because this is a, a group where yes you do have to hold your own they're strong women but this is also one of the franchises where i really believe that the women are genuinely friends so yeah, i hope she yeah. starts to get to the point where she genuinely is friends with all of them um we then end the episode with them all out at dinner in the hamptons Lou, they're all going to toast their drinks. Lou kind of gives a speech about like, hey, like you guys, I I'm sorry about what happened like last year and, you know, being the countess and like, you know, it, it was a good, it, it, it kind of seems silly now because she was bitching about being in the basement yeah. and, and being snobby about that. But she did recognize like, hey, like, I'm sorry, that was my behavior and I love you guys and mm -hmm. You know, let's I liked the speech. It was good. Yeah. I mean, it was I think genuine. it was a little delayed, but maybe she's yeah. understanding now that, you know, she, you know, pointed out like it was affecting not just her and her life, it was affecting all of them as well. Yeah. And it very much was. So Yeah. And then honestly, like the episode just kind of ends. They're all giving yeah. crap. The episode, episode two was not good in my opinion. You're, Nothing you're happened. Kind of right. Kind of right. It was uneventful. I didn't realize it until you said it. It really was kind of uneventful. But it um, ended. So I told you, like after I, so I didn't watch it that night. Right. I watched it. I think on like Friday or Saturday. They all went. They went into the preview for tonight, and I literally thought it was like the the commercial break where it's like coming up next. Yeah. So just sitting there waiting, and all of a sudden it was just like over, and I was like, wait a minute, what? Like first yeah, of all, the episode was like twenty seconds long, like nothing happened it was yeah. like i mean aside from it in my opinion being like a snooze fest episode two i am pretty pleased with how the season is going thus far yeah i'm definitely you know like i said i'm happy they're back I in the hamptons. too much credit though <laughs> i'm happy they're back in the hamptons we're seeing that and um it ended with ramona just kind of being Ramona and making her rounds and seeing people at other tables, her friends, she always talks about how she has like 40 girlfriends. Um, and so she I had to say hi to everybody. Look at all these friends. <laughs> and then uh, she, they tell her like, oh, do a lap, like see who's here. She I gets, love you know, that line, do a lap, because I, I know. all the time. I feel like that was super relatable. Like, oh shit, like the housewives yeah. do laps. Like, do you lap. know, that happens. All in the time. Life. All the time. Collapse. See who's here. See what we're working with. 
Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, that's just kind of how it ends. And and you're right, it was very anticlimactic. Uh, but I think I think we'll be okay going forward. I think it's going to be a good season. Well, it just started two minutes ago, so we'll yeah. see this episode tonight. Obviously, we're gonna miss it live tonight, but right. we'll see. Yeah, well, I mean, we certainly have time to catch up on shows, so <laughs> we will we will catch it. But yeah, so that's our that's our genuine. And again, Beverly Hills premiered last night, so we'll definitely I gotta get talks on that going forward. I'll give um, them a chance per per usual. We'll yeah, give them yep, a chance. Yep. So uh, hopefully, we'll see some good seasons out of both franchises. Yeah. All right. So moving on to our second story of the night, um, we'll make this like short and. I don't want to say short and sweet because it's not sweet it's at all. It's actually really sad. Um, so uh, hopefully we're pronouncing her last name correctly. Um, but Karen Co. Um, she is from the Real Housewives Orange County franchise from a couple years back. Um, her son passed away during childbirth. Um, awful, awful. Um, so her full name is Karen Co. Bosworth. You keep saying um, Karen. What? You keep saying Kara. Oh, Kara, Kara, sorry, 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 sorry. Kara Co. Bosworth. Her mom is uh, Gianna Co., um, just as an FYI there, uh, but announced on Instagram on Tuesday that her son, McCoy Casey Bosworth, died shortly after birth on April 6th, which is just gut-wrenching. Yeah. Um, during the course of his birth, he experienced shoulder dystocia and a compressed umbilical cord. Dystocia is when one or both of the baby's shoulders get stuck inside the mom's pelvis during labor. It, that's, I just... And apparently, apparently that's something that happens where most babies survive that. And so to hear that, that's... Just like, you know, to think about that, yeah. Um, so they are donating his organs, which is uh-huh. huge, like yeah. huge, because I don't think a lot of people realize that how big of an issue that is like for newborns when things happen, when they have to have open heart surgery, when certain things go on, like yeah. there's not a lot of baby organs out there. So I think that's huge yeah. on their part. Yeah. Um, tying it back to housewives, huge, you know, outpour of condolences from all of our housewives, Bravo Leb, so Vicky Gumbelson, Tamara Judge, Emily Simpson, Gretchen Rossi, Joe De La Rosa, Ryan Culberson, and and, and Andy himself. Yeah. Um, Kara and her husband Kyle also share a four-year-old daughter together. So honestly, I just like it's just so um, it, it's hard. I I saw the Instagram post um, you know, earlier in the week, and it's just one of those things where it was actually a like the post was like a happy post. It was her, her husband, and their other child. Yeah. But then going into like detail of like what happened and just that it sucks. But it's, I, we talk about this all the time. Like when these housewives get real about these situations, it's, and a lot of dealing with, you know, having children, um, yeah. you know, yeah. as much as like drama llama is going on with Megan King Inman's right now. Like I appreciated everything that she posted about having her two children. Um, I'm sorry, her three children. I and a lot of them, a lot of the Atlanta women, uh, the Potomac women, they get like so real about this stuff because it's not. Listen, it's not just like, hey, listen, I got married. I'm gonna have sex with my husband once, and that's it. Boom, child. Yeah, might happen for some people, but like in reality, like having a child is like probably one of the most difficult things out there. Yeah, um, and you know, we've we've seen so many housewives um be 
up front and and unfortunately it sucks that we've seen so many of them a lot of uh we've seen a lot of housewives or you know bravo lebs who are, are dealing with the fact that their children are facing adversity in some sort of fashion whether it be autism um delayed speech um megan king, king edmund's son having yeah. some sort of brain um issue like we we've unfortunately seen a lot of stories like that never seen one like this this is something that absolutely crushes me um and devastates me when i hear something like that uh yeah but listen but it's just real like honestly and like to like not be like cheesy or cliche but like we call them like the real housewives like they are dealing with real shit like on yeah. the back end yeah. so for them to come out and like to talk about this like even andy cohen like his journey of getting a son like nothing is like you know normal nowadays nothing is it's we're all doing different things we're all you know trying to achieve this like life on so many different angles on so many different platforms like doing so many different things and i actually as a lot of people like I, a lot of people roll their eyes like when you know when we talk about our podcast that's about the real housewives or that we're huge reality tv buffs but like this is the real side of it and yeah. a lot of these women a lot of people just even in like the bravo world are very open about things like this right. and i love that like and and here's the thing like celebrities are more than more than welcome and allowed and understandably allowed to try to keep parts of their life private yeah um, and, and i get that but then there's so many celebrities who kind of um, use the platform that they have to be like, hey, this is something I'm dealing with because they know it's going to reach a ton of people who could be dealing with the same exact thing. Yeah. And it's comforting to know that somebody's not alone and like, oh, hey, here's this celebrity, like this well-known right. person that's going through exactly what I'm going through. So I know a lot of people use that platform to to share and be upfront and honest about what they're dealing with. And not only um, for other mothers who have experienced this as well, losing a child during childbirth, um, but also shedding light on donating organs, like you said. Um, so... I think it's it's very brave to share it. So yeah, so kudos to them. Obviously, condolences and just you know thoughts and prayers like to the family. But again, like just we appreciate your your bravery, like mm -hmm. in in sharing a story like this because it yeah. does it does impact a lot of people. Yeah. Um, might not they might not see it now because they're dealing with obviously the dealing with this situation um in days weeks years to come they they will see the impact that they've made right. by sharing this story so yeah yeah our thoughts are with that family for sure i can't can't even fathom can't even <clears throat> understand not at all all right, let's get into our game for the night. Uh, this is one of our regulars, but we haven't played it in a hot minute. We really enjoy this one. It is, you can get with this or you can get with that. Uh, oh, I should play that so long, but like, I'm afraid like copyright, we're gonna get sued. <laughs> um, so we do have, hold on. So we have 10 questions. They are this or that questions, 50-50. Uh, and we'll just go through them and they're housewives related, they're football related, and we've got some good ones. So let's go through them one by one, see uh, how many we, we agreed on and how many we disagreed. 
definitely some thought provoking questions. So number one, who do you think will retire from the NFL first, Philip Rivers or Ben Roethlisberger? I went with Philip Rivers. Okay. I went with Philip Rivers as well. Um, Philip Rivers is on a one-year contract, and I already feel as though Philip Rivers has had one foot in and one foot out the door. Um, yeah. I think Big Ben. We can almost maybe even see Big Ben play longer than he should be. I, I think. That's I think how this I feel about him. Like, yeah, I think this season we're like, listen, old man, get off the field. Like we're done here, but you won't. This might, won't. This, this might be a season where we see, obviously, Big Ben, as long as he's healthy, play the full season. And I think we're going to finally get a glimpse of the decline. And also, not only the decline Look, of him, not only the decline of him, but the decline of the Pittsburgh Steelers from, you know, constantly being a playoff. So yeah. I just don't think they're a franchise that can really, like, afford to see that decline. So yeah. I truly think... Philip Rivers has more football left in him than Ben Roethlisberger. Does. Oh, absolutely. That's but why I think where he's been on the decline. Yeah. Like, I don't know if this season's the decline. I feel like yeah. he's already started that. And Philip Rivers hasn't dealt with the kind of injuries as well that Ben Roethlisberger right. has. But again, I just feel like Philip is ready to move on from football. Mm-hmm. All right, number two. If you, this is, this is, a, this is a tough one. Brings back, a lot of, this brings back weird emotions. Um, if you had to bring back, uh, bring one back to the Giants, who would you choose to return to the team? Odell Beckham Jr. or Landon Collins? Okay, this was like gut-wrenchingly emotional for me because obviously Landon Collins broke my heart. Like, So I'm actually going with Odell Beckham because I just, he left and like, I was just like, what? Like, you know, I was shocked that they traded him. I kind of think he's a jerk now, but like Landon Collins, literally broke my heart like straight up tore it out of my chest like could not like if you were to ask me a couple years ago when we drafted him if I feel the way I felt about him now like I would I don't know it's like if you asked me a year ago if you thought we'd be in the position we are with with this pandemic right now no I just that was a really hard question for me to answer because I don't want either of them back but a little emotional like I Landon Collins just he, he ruined it for me. So Odell. Yeah, I actually went with Landon. Um, and the reason I did is because I, again, and I agree with you too. Listen, when both of them left, I was devastated, but at the same time sitting here right now, do I want either one of them back? Not necessarily. Sure. Um, but I went with Landon because I do feel as though on offense, I do feel like we have some weapons on offense. And I do feel as though the defense has holes at every position. So yeah. that's why I'm bringing, that's why I'm choosing to have Landon back. Um, you looked at it from like a non, like, I person. did, I did. <laughs> I took it so personally, like, no, don't come back to me. I know. I knew that was going to be a hard one for you. It was hard. Um, okay, number three. If both are on TV at the same time, which one are you watching during quarantine reruns? Because we're, we're getting this in the world of Housewives and in the world of football. We're getting a lot of old school reruns. So if they're on at the same time, which one are you choosing to watch? Real Housewives of New York's Scary Island episode, which if none of you remember is, go to sleep, go to sleep. <laughs> um, or a and and not specifying which one necessarily a New York Giants Super Bowl. So I've been fortunate enough where I've watched two of these in quarantine already. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but obviously, honest, I like I love the housewives, but I'd pick the Giants over the housewives any single day. Um, yeah. But like, I, I would love to see an old school Giants Super Bowl. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, yeah. I again, in in the world of like housewives and like Giants football, obviously, my heart will always lie with Giants football yeah. first foremost. Um, but I actually went to with the Scary Island episode because I didn't get to see it during quarantine. And I haven't seen that episode in a very long time. Oh, it was good. Yeah. And and Caitlin and I both caught um, the the 2007-2008 season uh, Giants Super Bowl the other day. So that was great. And I've definitely caught snippets of the other one as well. I have not seen Scary Island in a really long time. So that's the only um, reason I went with it. It was good. I was snapping Katie. The, the prime moments. I was she like, was she was. She was giving me the good moments. So that was really enjoyable. Um, okay, number four. If you were forced to watch a one and done housewife come back for a second season, who would you rather watch? The twins from Real Housewives of New Jersey or Cindy Barshop from Real Housewives of New York? It's like one of those where it's like you want to pick like or neither of them. Yeah. I just want, I went with Cindy Barsha from New York because I think at that time New York just like everyone else was good. So you didn't yeah. you dealt with her and it sucked. But like having two people on the New Jersey that sucked. Like that's exactly oh that's exactly why I agree with you. I with Cindy because I don't really want to see any of them come back, but it's two versus one. So you've got two people who I don't feel like you seeing just, versus one person, you're yeah. right. New York is so strong that if you put one person into the mix, like how we had Barbara last season and she didn't yeah. fit in. Like, it was like, all right, whatever. It was still a good season of New York. Like, they'll be fine if Cindy came back into the mix. I don't want to watch the yeah. twins on New Jersey. They didn't oh. bring anything to the to the table. Literally for nothing. Like, I don't know what Bravo. Bravo was on drugs that season, picking people. New Jersey was like in a weird limbo there for a while. I don't know. They were. They're lucky they bounced back, like real good. Yeah, for real. It got stale there for a while. Okay, number five. Your next New York Giants jersey purchase has to be one of these players. Who do you choose? Saquon Barkley or Daniel Jones? Ugh, you know what? I'm going to, you know, jump the gun here and say that Daniel Jones is going to be with us for 16 seasons, and I'm going to get his jersey when he retires. So, Daniel yeah. Jones. Listen, I would love to get a Daniel Jones jersey at some point in time, hoping that all things go well and he's with us for a really long time. But Saquon Barkley is more of a surefire bet of, like, I'm not saying Daniel Jones will, won't be on the team for a long time. Yeah. But we know, already know, that Saquon Barkley is one of the best running backs in the NFL. We I just struggle. Yeah. How Daniel Jones is because, like do. we were convinced that Landon Collins was like a giant for and I just I struggle. Oh, no, I know, I know. And it's more so that a quarterback is probably gonna be with us longer, but yeah. it's just a it's just the fact of like Saquon is a surefire, like we already know he's a superstar and he's phenomenal. Like yeah. I hope that happens with Daniel, but we are we haven't seen it yet. So I'm not ready to if if today I'm not I ready have to yeah, if I had to buy one of those jerseys today, I'm going with Saquon. It feels safer to me. All right. Um, okay, number six. In the future, who would you rather listen to potentially broadcast and commentate games, Drew Brees or Peyton Manning? I really do love Drew Brees, but Peyton Manning, he's just got the whole, yeah. like, enchilada with him. He yeah. knows how to work a camera. He is a right. genius when it comes to football like it's just he is just the whole package so and we've already seen him do a couple things like i'd rather i'd, I'd rather him so 
Peyton, Unless yeah, Drew Brees yeah. like comes out of the woodwork and it's like right, insane. Right. That's the That's thing. We don't really see Drew Brees in kind of ways yeah. that we've seen Peyton Manning already like showcase his his uh his yeah. stuff like on TV outside of football. Um yeah. Peyton just like the Manning brothers have comedic chops, like all three of them. They just they're and great. Great family. <laughs> they're really they're really good on TV and they're really well spoken. And uh I definitely I, I'm picking Peyton on this one. But I that's not to say I don't think Drew Brees would be a good commentator. No, I think he's but do a great you job. know for a fact Peyton would be amazing. Absolutely. So. All right, number seven. It being if we're even allowed to go to games and there's an NFL season, uh, which Giants home game would you rather have tickets to this season? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, see see Tom Brady in action against the Giants or, you know, a strong team just in the Super Bowl, the San Francisco 49ers. See Nick Bosa in person. And your boyfriend, Nick Bosa. Honestly, so there's there's positives to both of them. Seeing oh, Tom Brady, seeing Jason Pierre-Paul, I would probably wear that jersey for that game. Yeah. Uh, then obviously the 49ers to know that Nick Bosa would be in the New York City area for like 48 hours. Like, yeah. zing, oh um, I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, though, because I just think that's more of a... More of an exciting game this season, in my opinion. Listen, the yeah. 49ers would probably walk all over the Giants. So I just, um, but seeing oh, Nick Bosa in person, I'm gonna die. But um, I think I'm going to go with the Bucks on this one. Yeah, uh, this is an easy one for me just for personal reasons. Yeah. I want to see the Giants 49ers game. Like, if if we're allowed to go to games, I, I don't know what that's going to cost, but it's going to be a definite we're going. Um, you guys are going, yeah. My husband is a Niners fan, and honestly, like, his brother is a diehard Niners fan, and he was our best man, and Caitlin was the maid of honor, and we're diehard Giants fans. I just think it's a good best man, maid of honor, bride and groom reunion. We're all going to go to that game together. I think it's great. I think it's yeah. great. Um, okay. Again, same kind of question. Which Giants away game would you rather have tickets to this season? Uh, both West Coast, so we're taking a plane and we're going over. Do we want to see the Seattle Seahawks or the Los Angeles Rams? I'm going with the Seahawks um, because I just think they're an exciting team to watch. Um, and I actually just went out to Seattle for work this past uh, year. And I, I didn't really get to explore it as much as I wanted to. And I thought it was a you know beautiful city. Um, and apparently they're... It's a great stadium to go to, and their yeah. fans apparently yeah. are, are really nice. <laughs> yeah. Not assholes. So, uh, must be that West Coast vibe. And I just honestly like the Rams, just really, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, there's just really nothing to it for them. So, like, right. for me, at least. Yeah. Um, so, I'd rather, yeah, Seahawks on this one. I went with the Seahawks. Uh, Only Seahawks. they're wearing their green alternative jersey. Okay, okay. <laughs> Um, I'm with the Seahawks. I've never been to Seattle. It's definitely a place I've wanted to go to. I've been to LA before. And then as far as stadium versus stadium, the, the Rams have a new stadium. So that's cool. But again, Seattle's like one of those stadiums where like, if you're a big like NFL fan and you travel dif different stadiums, that's like one of the top ones on your list that you want to visit. So I definitely would, would love to check out a game there. So all right, number nine. This is this isn't just a this or that. This is a this, that, or the third. Yeah, this, uh, that, or that, that, that. <laughs> 
Number nine, if your team was in need of a quarterback from the 2016 draft, who would you want? Jared Goff, Dak Prescott, or Carson Wentz? Uh, hands down, listen, I know it took a couple seasons, but Jared Goff, 100%. I do not trust Dak Prescott or Carson Wentz, so. Uh, this, was, this was an easy one for me, and I didn't agree with you. I'm going Dak Prescott. I think he's definitely way better than the other two. Carson Wentz had great potential, but he's too injury prone. And Jared Goff. I don't know. That might have been a fluke, like with Sean McVay's offense that people weren't expecting. Like, I I've got to see that magic again before I'm even going to give anything to Jared Goss. Fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. Okay. And then the last one, number 10. If you had to choose a house slash person combo to be quarantined with, who would you choose? Would you rather be quarantined with Ramona at her Hamptons house or with Luann at her new house in upstate New York? Honestly, after seeing her house, I think I want to go with Ramona at her Hamptons house. It looked yeah. beautiful. Listen, the weather has been like on and off. Some days have been absolutely gorgeous. So imagine being out there um, for that. I don't know. The way I, I don't know. Yeah. I'd also rather just be with Ramona, to be honest. I think Ramona's Ramona's house is probably double or and this is I'm not this is a knock against Lou. I'm just saying like it's like double or triple the size of Lou Ann's place. So yeah. I actually I actually like picked Ramona too. Like I, not necessarily like oh I'd rather hang out with Ramona. It's more so her house is so freaking big that you don't have to hang out with her at all necessarily. Like you can literally have your own the basement, basement, the basement oasis, and like be good to go you know what i mean so all the all the couples in quarantine right now i'm sure you and frank are doing fine but all the couples in quarantine probably want that basement right now <laughs> yeah also does she still have does she is that her that's her original home in the hamptons with her and mario I right so, yeah so i think she has a tennis court too so sign me up for that yeah honestly just like even just like that backyard like obviously we're not going in the pool right now yeah. but eventually we're gonna have to probably but well, she has a hot tub i'm down for that and yeah. i'm down for a tennis court and i'm down for my own basement oasis so i'm staying at ramona's absolutely all right so that was our game that was a good one fun game that, that was we fun. like to play mm -hmm. all right so let's move into our point of the evening where we get it off our chest it could be positive negative football housewives life wine quarantine anything so why don't you go ahead i'll cheers to you to kick it off so why don't you go ahead um okay so i'll do my part one and then i'll let you go and then i'll give my part two my part first part is um and i have to pull this up okay got it um Two days ago, uh, on Instagram, my husband on Instagram actually finds this post and he's like, oh my God, look, look. And it's a post about the fact that Dak Prescott has coronavirus. Let's just say that he does not. He, he doesn't. <laughs> Let's confirm. Let's just clarify that first and foremost. Um, but this was on Instagram and it was an account that you know, we've been posting a lot of like, especially during free agency, when the NFL's Instagram posts something, we've posted it to our story about yeah. when like a player gets traded or picked up or whatever. And obviously people listening to the podcast can't see it, but I'll show it for people who are watching the video. Um, yeah. We have that picture on mm -hmm. Instagram and it looks exactly the same as an NFL Instagram post. And it literally says alert tested positive for COVID-19 Dak Prescott. 
So then the caption on the photo says, Cowboys star Dak Prescott has tested positive for the coronavirus, league sources tell ESPN. That's all it says. So that's like a legitimate, oh, crap. This is like per source, per ESPN. Like this is a real freaking thing. So my husband shows me this and I'm like, no way. Like yeah. I didn't see that anywhere else. So I Googled Dak Prescott thinking like, if that's true, it's going to be, all over the place. Google Dak Prescott, it's not there. So I'm like, this is this is BS. Um, so I want to call out the account. It's at Hoodie Haskins, as in Dwayne Haskins. I guess this person is a uh, Washington Redskins fan. Probably a loser. Thought it would be funny to joke about the fact of somebody having coronavirus, right? So once I clicked into the account and saw their bio in Instagram, it does say NFL memes and parody account um, classifies themselves as a comedian, uh, says not affiliated with the NFL or Dwayne Haskins. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's really disgusting. I'm so unbelievably disturbed at the fact that like, that's fine. These parody accounts, like I find them kind of annoying sometimes because there's too many and I have to yeah. sit through like what's real and what's fake but this is one where it's like like some of them are funny like like funny posts there's nothing funny about joking and making it look so unbelievably real that somebody has coronavirus people are dying this is a serious situation there's nothing funny about it like sure we can make our memes about like it being funny like quarantine memes or social distancing whatever you don't joke about and pretend that somebody has this Um, it kind of reminded me of the fact, like when Kobe Bryant died, like Vanessa Bryant was really upset about like pictures getting out and stuff like that, because you kind of wonder, like, did her daughter, uh, not her youngest daughters are really young, but did her oldest daughter, like find find out about Kobe and Gianna, like through the internet? Like that's, that's a real thing that happens. Okay. So when that happened, thought it was a joke or thought it was like not real because of how much this happened. And then it's ridiculous like right so there was this post and to me I, I'm just thinking like okay what if you're a family member or a friend or a fan or whatever of Dak Prescott and you see this you're horrified um I was horrified this is a person who's clearly a Washington Redskins fan I'm a New York Giants fan I was horrified to see that like And then to learn that it was fake, and rightfully so, at Hoodie Haskins, you got blasted in your comment section about who the hell jokes about that. This is a real thing going on, and there's nothing funny about it. And Caitlin and I discussed this before the show. This person deserves to be reported, blocked. I can't even believe that this was two days ago, this post. I can't even believe that the post still exists on their account. But it's disgraceful, and at Hoodie Haskins... I'm getting it off my chest that that's an absolute trash, disgusting move on your part. You, sir, are a scumbag. Yeah, honestly, I will that, report it like back. if this was Watch What Happens Live, that would be like jackhole of the week, like hundred. Jackhole of the week, Woody Haskins. Yeah, I'll let I'll let you do yours, and then I'll add on at the end. All right, so mine is our what are we week? I think this is our fifth quarantine episode. Our fifth? This is our fifth quarantine episode. Well, if we did start when the actual quarantine started, then yeah. 
week five is just yeah. crazy. So it's over a month. Like, wow, like slowly losing my mind. So I'll give you my weekly quarantine journal, which is, yes, I'm losing my gosh darn marbles um, living by myself being here, but totally okay. Um, so one of the things like, I feel like I should highlight positive things. Like, yes. let's be positive about things. Okay. Katie and I touched on this earlier. So watching the Giants 2007 Super Bowl, <laughs> I watched it on Easter Sunday. So obviously I'm super religious. My family is very family oriented. Easter this year was very weird. Yeah. Um, to not be with my family for the first time in 28 years was super difficult. Um, we picked up food from my parents' house, super blessed that they like cooked us our Easter dinner. But like to take it and leave, like it was like almost like I was like someone was like pulling like my heart like out of like my chest. Like I, it was so difficult. Um, but it's like bless on that. But like so, but watch the Giants win. Oh my god, the Super Bowl! Like it, I it felt like I was watching a brand new game. Like I was just like I I was literally like screaming at the TV. Like when things were happening, that David Tyree catch, I was like ah! Like we, we were literally texting each other like the play by play. Like oh my god. But it was so amazing because like a lot of like like Giants fans on Twitter, like a couple of the guys that we're friends with, like from other podcasts, like Giants podcasts, like they were all doing the same thing. They were literally doing the play by play, like on to like everyone was involved. And I just I love Giants community. Like we're just really a great fan base. And it was just such it was so good to watch that again and like to feel and that was a long, it was 2007. That was a really long time ago. Long time ago. Long time ago. Yeah. So like obviously I remember that Super Bowl. I remember watching it, but like to watch the details, the minute by minute details again, there were so many things that happened that I totally like just forgot about. Like our opening drive that it was like an hour long. Like I totally just forgot about that. Like yeah. Well, like nowadays, like we'll still always see the like the replays. We'll always see the Tyree helmet yeah. catch. But what we don't see is yes, literally every single play. So. And it was just like to see that and just, oh God, it just, I love that. It was amazing. Other positive things, well, unpositive things. So yeah. I broke my work laptop. I yes. poured coffee all over it uh, two days ago. And I, <laughs> so <laughs> work's been interesting. Um, no, it's been great. But positive from that is like, all of my coworkers are amazing. They've all been rallying around me when I'm working on my cell phone, working on my personal laptop, doing all this crazy stuff. Um, but it's hopefully I'm getting a new one tomorrow. So yeah. things will be back to normal. Um, but I think like the positive out of that is like things happen. If that didn't happen during quarantine, if it was just a normal day, I'd probably been like, oh God, like still concerned. But I think that it happened during this time. I had a complete mental break. Yeah, <laughs> like crying, like not next but, but I think, but I think because it happened during this time, like your coworkers are more so there for you. Like it's okay, girl. Like this shit happens. There's yeah. bigger things to worry about. Like it's no. Well, that was the biggest thing. Like there's yeah, the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not me just like casually pouring. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, like, and now I'm like drinking all my beverages. Like far like far far away six six feet away <laughs> away like I think it was like a sign like I'm not good at social distancing because like I've only been by myself so yeah. it was like a test from the real world like Caitlin this is how we social distance. that's funny <laughs> with liquids and everything like that but yeah I don't know I mean it's we're moving along. I mean, I, like from the news, I feel like things are slightly getting better. So I know they keep changing like the dates of like 
how long we'll be inside and like whatnot. And like, I think that's, you know, whatever, but I don't know the, the, um, I don't know his name, but he's like the doctor that's always on TV with like the president and everything. Um, he said that he feels as if sports will come back sooner rather than later, but just with no fans. So that's a positive as long as I can watch them. Of course, even I would watch golf at this point. Like I, well, hey, I was just, I was just going to say, I, I love watching golf and I was really upset. Obviously the big one being the masters canceled but the phenomenal news about like for example like the nba like that sucks like it's really hard to like like come back and finish a season but as far as a sport like golf like they've already rescheduled the major tournaments for the fall so that gives golf fans like a huge thing to look forward to and be like oh good okay like we're still gonna have it it's not gonna be right now but like we already have the dates to look forward to so that's good yeah for sure and then, like, one final other, like, positive thing, I'm healthy. My family's healthy. Like, a lot of people I know are healthy. Like, it is, like, that's great. Like, I have, like, a job. Like, I'm not, I just, like, it's certain things. Like, I'm just, like, like you know, I'm waking up every day. Like, I'm doing things. I'm getting a lot of stuff done. Like, I just got a new a bed set, a new bed set. I sent it to Katie. It's super nice. It's super comfortable. I slept like a baby last night. I got a new shower curtain. Super cute. I got a new thing for my kitchen. I have to build it. So I don't know how that's going to go, but like I'll report back to you guys on Wednesday next week. Like (laughs) I can't guarantee much. I'm not Bob the builder over here, but, but those are some positive things. So it's like, maybe I'll just keep reflecting on like the positives. So I, I, I agree with you. And for the most part, my whole outlook during this time has been very similar. My best advice to people is, uh, make sure you always, before you get really down, try to pull out the positives of the situation. As long as you are healthy and you're safe, like, that's a huge win. So yeah. just look at it that way. Like your, your life could easily be worse and if, having your health right now is a blessing. So yeah, we're inside for a reason. We'll be outside soon. So just stick it out for as long as we can. And obviously we're here every week for you guys. So that's a thing. To look and that's the other to. thing too, is we're all in it together. It's not like you're not Seriously, alone. It's not FOMO. Like, yeah. Yeah. So then Piggybacking like I do every week off of Caitlin's Corona Diary is um, I like to give my things to watch for the week. Oh, I have one this week, but you go. Okay, cool. cool. Um, Two things that I watched this past week, and I feel really funny sharing them because I like to share recommendations. And these are like, wow, Katie, like you're just watching both of these now. So it's kind of like embarrassing. That's how mine is, don't worry. (laughs) So it's kind of like cool. Like this happened a really long time ago. But one is a movie, one is a TV show. So um, for the very first time, I saw Slumdog Millionaire. I've never seen that. Have you seen it? Great movie. I definitely recommend it. It's a great thing. I've never seen it. Listen, it won best. It won the Oscar for Best Picture. So I knew it was a good movie. But here's the really funny part about it. Um, the only thing I ever knew from Slumdog Millionaire and seeing clips is like I saw a bunch of Indian people like doing a really happy dance together. And so I thought it was a very like, and I knew it was like kind of about like who wants to be a millionaire. So I thought it was a very like happy go lucky movie. And I yelled at my husband because he was like, you haven't seen this? And he like, didn't even ask if I wanted to watch it. He just put it on. He's like, you're watching it. And I was like, what the hell? It's a very sad, very emotional movie. I was like, I thought it was about Indian people.
people like dancing and all happy. So like, I wasn't even, he didn't even show me the trailer. He was just like, click, we're watching it. And I felt like very not prepared for it, but phenomenal movie, but don't go in the, in with the expectation of this is a happy go lucky movie. Yeah. It's very uh, difficult movie to watch, but I, very yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two is this is really funny. Um, considering the show so beloved uh, came out in two thousand, but all the seasons are on Netflix. I just started Gilmore Girls. Oh, I was not really into that. Um, I am like six episodes in, and I got to be honest, if you're listening to this, watching this, and you're a Gilmore Girls fan, uh, give me some inspiration and give me some hope because I feel as though this should be a show that I would love, and I'm struggling through yeah. it because I'm struggling to enjoy the characters and like the characters. A lot of them I dislike. So if you're a huge Gilmore Girls advocate, like be, tell me it's going to get better or something because right so now I'm like- I did watch Gilmore Girls. I did watch it. So I believe it was on channel 11. So I don't know what that was called back in the day. Yeah. What was it so called? It was like stuff. channel- like I don't w- know. It was WB11, so I believe it was on that. Um, I did watch it. I just, I never really got into it. I think I actually got like, I never made it to season six. I can't, um, I can't guarantee I made it to that, but I just, I never really was into it. Um, but yeah, yeah. even in a go. So I'm really, I'm really trying to be patient and, and mainly because I know, mainly because I know how much people love that show. So I'm like, all right, I gotta like, I got, I gotta like really power through at least a season I feel like. So that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. What about you? What's your, my what's two ones are, um, and I got the one suggestion off of you because I saw it was on Netflix. So okay. they just added community to Netflix. Yes. Um, yes. So I asked, I know Katie's a huge uh, Donald Glover fan. So I asked her if she's ever seen community. Obviously, yes, she has. And obviously, she said because I love Donald Glover. So I knew as soon as I saw him, I was like, Katie's definitely seen this show. <laughs> um, so I am, I'm like, I'm pretty far along season one. They are like, they're 20 minute episodes. Like that's my thing, like quick, short, um, loving it so far. I think it's great. There's certain parts where I'm just like, meh. Um, but some of the parts that are really funny, like really make me laugh, like really, really laugh. There's a lot of actors and actresses in there that I, I really, they're like amazing people. So, so far so good. Um, so I'm only on season one though. Um, but definitely I'm interested in, and again, it's those 20 minute, like it's like the office. See, that's what I think I'm struggling with Gilmore is because they're, I thought they were like 20 minute episodes. They're actually like 45 minute episodes. So that's another thing I'm struggling with. I feel as though like, I'm like, wow, I don't think I have the attention span anymore for 45 minute (laughs) episodes, unless I really, really love the show. So I I kind of wish Gilmore was like 20 minute episodes. So I get you on that. Um, and then my other one, it just came to mind before, because I, I for, totally forgot I binged watched it, I think, on, like, la- like it was on Saturday. Um, so all the days are just meshing together now. I binged watched the most recent season of Very Cavallari, Kristen Cavallari. Oh, I, yeah, I've never watched it. I've never watched it. It's great. It. But I, I haven't yeah. seen the first. I believe what I binged was season three. Okay. Um, so I think there was two seasons beforehand. So obviously yeah. I missed a bunch of crap. Um, but that's a great tie-in to our show because Jay yeah. Cutler is her husband. Yeah, um, she's uh, she's not a housewife, but she's a reality star. Yes, um, I really liked it. So I binge okay. watched the whole season. It was on Bravo actually. So it's an E. It's an E show, but Bravo was showing yes. it. They whoever their parent company is. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I liked it. I, okay. I literally sat on my couch for like six hours watching. So. I'm open to it. I'm open to it. Very interesting. I would. So those are my my two suggestions. I still there's so much stuff on my Netflix I know, that I have I to watch. Um, but but I'm I'm definitely digging the the community. I'll have to finish that. So yes, yes, very good. Uh, very good show. And again, a lot of seasons on Netflix. So everybody should definitely check it out if you need something to binge. Um, and then other things to watch this week uh, as we close out our show here. We've got Real Housewives of New York, obviously, that's going on right now. This is on tonight. Catch it on demand, or maybe you're even watching it right now as we record this. Uh, we have Real Housewives of Sun on Sunday, longest season of any Housewives franchise imaginable. Uh, that is on Sunday at 8 p.m. We obviously have the new season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills that is going to be on Wednesday at 8 o'clock. And then because we are doing this right now on a Thursday, that means, ladies and gentlemen, we are one week away from the NFL draft. We will have a very draft-themed, wonderful episode uh, next week for you on Wednesday, the day before the draft. And I can't wait. It's something to look forward to. Maybe we should give some live interactions during the, the actual draft. Maybe we should go live on our Instagram account when the Giants are picking to see what our live reactions are. I'm there for it, and I know we'll definitely. I think I think we're gonna see some surprises. I think we can do it live because I don't think we're. I'm in a position where our pick right now. I'll be thoroughly pissed off with what we do, unless yes. Dave Gellman does God knows what. Right. Um. I think in the past couple of years we kind of knew what we were doing, not doing, and so I don't. I don't think. I would mind our live reactions being. Fixed. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely feel comfortable. I don't think it's anything to to sweat over. Um, we might have a preference, but at the same time, I think we we all know that we're still going to get a really solid player, and I don't think we're really going to be fighting with other teams for who we want. So it's a good position to be in this year, yeah. and uh, I can't wait. So. Cheers. Thank you guys for being here, watching, listening, and uh, we just hope you're doing well and, and keeping yeah. with us because we'll certainly be with you here every week. So stay in, stay safe, stay healthy. Cheers. Thank Have you. a great week. <laughs>